Welcome to the Life to the Fullest podcast by EF3. I'm your host, Dan Jason. At EF3, we're committed to sharing life with you as we journey on together. We believe in self-improvement, growth, and impacting the lives of others. Our four pillars are deeply rooted in the areas of education, faith, fitness, and finance, spreading love, positivity, and the good news, while growing to become the best version of ourselves is what we strive for. We believe in obtaining greatness and desire to empower people as we work to share this platform to inspire those we encounter. Be sure to visit ef3life.com and follow us on social media at EF3Life. Today, I thank all of our listeners for joining me as we have a special edition of this show discussing the Feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe, which happened on the original date, December 12, 1531. We'll give a background on this feast day and the miraculous appearance of the Blessed Mother. We'll also discuss who was Mary and why Juan Diego was chosen, the role of Mary in the church and her powerful presence in our lives, and some of my personal experiences on mission just outside of Tipiac Hill in Mexico City. When I was growing up, I wondered why my 93-year-old great-grandmother seemed to always be praying the rosary. As a kid, I would see her sitting with my gramps on the picnic bench outside of their home and have those beads in hand. I knew there was power in prayer and asking the intercession of the Blessed Mother, but I didn't realize quite how much power there was. Over the years as my faith grew, I began to learn more about Mary and invite her into my life, so it became clear But see, it was not until I called on her and devoted my life through consecration to Christ and to her that the role of the mother was truly understood. She saved my life and saved the lives of millions in the past, and we'll get to that later on. Mary knows her son Jesus best, and after all, Christ gave his mother to be the mother of John and the mother of the church. She gave herself to him and he gave himself to her and her to us and to the church and the world. As Christ was on the cross, as he breathed his last on that rugged wooden cross, initiating salvation, she knew him best, and she wants us to be led closer to Christ. And Jesus gave her to the world as a precious gift to guide us. And that's why we pray, Holy Spirit, living in Mary, bring me face to face in the heart of Jesus crucified. Christ thirsts for our hearts, and our mother wants to lend her heart to us so we can draw closer to the Lord. And that's really what the Feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe, the Feast of the Immaculate Conception, which we celebrated this past Tuesday, what it's all about. It's about one question here. Do you not know that I am your mother? Or in Spanish, no sabes que soy tu madre. So why Guadalupe? And how did Mary appear to Juan Diego anyway? The year was 1531 in Mexico, near today what is called Mexico City. Juan Diego was a simple peasant Aztec but he had great faith in a culture and society that was sacrificing upwards of 9,000 people a day to the sun, the moon, and other gods. They believed that the sun wouldn't rise if they didn't have human bloodshed and sacrifice. 
But Juan Diego's heart was stirred up to seek Christ, and his love for the Lord was profound. Juan Diego walked miles each day to attend Mass secretively, as he desired to receive Christ in the Eucharist at a small chapel up atop a steep hillside. Juan Diego was walking on December 9th up toward Tepeyac Hill when Mary first appeared to him as a young girl. He was startled, like most people would be if they saw a figure and didn't know who it was, and he didn't know what quite to make of this apparition. As our mother spoke to him in his native Nahadal language, asking him to ask the bishop to have a church built in that area. Can you imagine what was going through his mind? What his thoughts were? How his heart must have been stirred, but how he must have questioned and wondered what is happening and why me? The next day, Mary appeared again and asked him to speak to the bishop. Now, if she appeared to him twice, this seems pretty clear and evident that something is going on here. This vision is more than just a dream or a thought. Still not knowing how to explain what he experienced, Juan went on his way. But by December 11th, Juan Diego's uncle was very sick. He had been battling an illness for some time now, and Juan knew that it was time for him to up his care for his uncle. He had a deep love for his uncle and wanted to take care of him. On December 12th, trying to take another way as to avoid Mary, if she were to appear again, Mary sought him out, and the Blessed Mother provided Spanish roses at a time when no roses at all could possibly grow in that elevation during the winter in Mexico. So now we have a situation here, where our Blessed Mother appeared to this peasant Aztec man, Juan Diego, three times in a span of a few days. And not only that, her aid to him would become transformative, and we'll get to that in a moment. But as she appears to him the third time, when he was actually trying to avoid her, she presents to him roses. Now, for those who have ever been to this area of Mexico City, way up high on the hillside, in December, roses do not grow, let alone Spanish roses. And there's so much great symbolism that we'll get to later on. But the very act of receiving a gift was something that was profound to this man, Juan Diego. And Our Lady told Juan Diego to take those roses back to the bishop. Now, if someone had asked me to do something like that and bring roses when they don't grow at that time period, it would be very confusing and maybe people would question what is taking place. But instead of fleeing the scene, instead of not doing anything at all, Juan was faithful. And that's the key here, to trust. Even when we don't understand, we don't know what's going on, we have a hard time grappling the situation and context of our lives, continue to trust and walk by faith. So he put them in his tilma, his cloak, and made out of a rough sack-like material, he held them close to his heart on the inside. It was very brisk and cold, and he didn't want those roses to die during his several-mile journey. And when he revealed those roses as a sign for Mary inside of that tilma to the bishop, there was the image of Our Lady of Guadalupe. So for those of you who are familiar with it, you understand that image that was imprinted on his cloak. 
The crazy and miraculous thing here is that nobody drew it or painted it. It appeared, and that's the miracle. Mary put this image, which has deep meaning for the Aztec people and those who are in that time period in Mexico City with tremendous symbology. This miracle not only convinced the bishop, but led to the Aztecs' conversion in Mexico. And this is something that is truly a miracle here. Upwards of 8,000 to 9,000 Aztecs were being baptized each day, as were others throughout the country, converting to Christianity because of the grace of the Virgin Mother. In Spanish, the saying goes, No sabes que soy tu madre. Do you not know that I am your mother? Not only is she our mother, she is the mother of all children and unites us to Christ. Her love and mercy, her grace and desire to connect us with the heart of Jesus is her deepest longing. Our blessed mother will show us the way to the Lord and keep us protected in the mantle of her grace. She gives us a heart of service and love for others so that we might receive the sacred heart of Jesus Christ and impact the world. I've been to Mexico City now a half dozen times, and each time I go on mission, I have the privilege and the honor to visit the Basilica where that tilma, where the Blessed Mother, Our Lady of Guadalupe, appeared on the cloak of Juan Diego, and that cloak is actually in the Basilica. It's hanging there, and it hasn't been altered. Nothing has been changed about it, and it, the amazing thing is if this were painted, if this were a piece of artwork, it would have deteriorated over time. But the fact that this is miraculous and it's a godsend, it has lasted the course of centuries. There is tremendous symbolism, as I had referred to before, and meaning behind each of the intricate designs and details on the tilma. When you stand there and you be able to pray and offer up a uh, intercession for Mary to take to the Lord, it is super transformative. There are tens of millions of people each year who travel to Mexico City to have a chance to pray before the Tillman, to go to the spot of Tepeyac Hill and to ask the Blessed Virgin Mary to intercede for them in their lives. And there has been great miracles that have taken place since because of the intercession and the ask. And if you are able to take a pilgrimage or a mission to Mexico City, I highly encourage it. It is transformative and so powerful, the depth of people's great faith to do a tremendous journey miles and miles by foot and to go and to experience something that's so mystical yet so brilliant and bright and beautiful so at the time juan diego which he was going through such great turmoil in his life he had very many questions about what was taking place with his uncle what's happening with his people the aztecs who were killing so many and his own faith which had been tested and tried, but he continued to be steadfast in it. This miracle truly transformed not only his life, but the life of millions of people from that time and throughout history. Mary appears on the tilma, what would be about 15 years old, a woman who is pregnant and has this ribbon. And that's why Our Lady of Guadalupe is the patron of all those who are pregnant. And in her womb is the Savior, obviously Jesus Christ. 
The black ribbon that is tied among her waist indicates her pregnancy. If you look at the tilma, you'll be able to see that with great clarity. Take notice of her solemn face and how she is holding her hands in prayer as she reflected upon all things in her heart. There's a bright sun around her head, and this signifies the glow of the Aztec sun and the radiance of heaven on high. Below the Blessed Mother's feet is the moon, that crescent, an important symbol for the Aztec Empire and Mexicans, as the moon had great power in their culture. Near her feet is an angel, the guardian of heaven and earth, and the garb that Mary has on is a teal color with symbolism of Aztec royalty, fitting as she is the queen of the church. The star pattern on that robe was studied by astronomers and is the exact star pattern that was in the sky above Mexico City and Tepeyac Hill the night of December 12, 1531, when she appeared to Juan Diego and gave him the sign. The roses that are imprinted on her robe are those same Spanish roses that she gave to Juan Diego to give to the bishop. And that is truly amazing. Certainly there are God's divine power and infusion in this. Mary came and will come again to us and into our hearts. But as we think about how prolific and transformative this was for the Mexican culture, it converted millions of people in the Americas. Her abundant grace bestowed upon Juan Diego, a peasant reinforces that she is the mother of all who will call on her name. So my hope is we will invite Our Lady of Guadalupe into our hearts. I pray that her miraculous power, abundant grace will fill us with her spouse, the Holy Spirit, that she might consecrate us to her son, Jesus. May we be united with her heart and the heart of a mother that we may, through her intercession, continue to see Christ and be kept in the pure heart and the sacred heart of Jesus. Imagine being 14 years old and told the greatest and most important news of your life. You were being able to change the world. You will question, how is that going to happen? You're needed to do something that has never been done before and that people have been waiting for centuries to take place. How would your role be carried out? Would you come up with a cure for cancer, a way to resolve poverty, or to stop the violence that plagues our society continuously? What if that decision was being made for you and did not have a choice? What if I told you that the one person would change the world and all of humanity even until the end of time? You might think to yourself, who could this person be? And how could she be a young, uneducated teenage girl from a poor town that no one had ever heard of? What if you knew her? What if you allowed her to change your life as Juan Diego did? What if you allowed her to transform? the world. We're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back at it in a moment. This podcast is brought to you by EF3 Life. Make sure to check out EF3Life.com for great faith-based books like my bestseller, Fire Burning Within, for just $15.99, as well as many other inspiring resources, including more episodes of this podcast. At EF3 Life, we pride ourselves on authenticity and bringing positivity to the world to impact lives through service. Check out the many opportunities to get involved and link up with great organizations we team up with, like Hope of the Poor, Baseball Miracles, Team Rubicon, Faith in the Brook, Residence Encounter Christ, and many more. As Jesus said, 
I came so that they might have life and have it to the full. There's only one way to live, and that's life to the fullest. Welcome back to the Life to the Fullest podcast. I'm your host, Dan Jason. Today we're discussing our feast day of Our Lady of Guadalupe, as well as Mary's role in our lives as our faithful mother of the church. This young girl went from peasant to the mother of the savior of the world. How could this be? God saw the greatness in her, the holiness, and the willingness for Mary to carry out his plan for salvation. By saying yes to God's call on her life amidst being scared, confused, overwhelmed, Mary became the mother of Jesus Christ and the mother to the mother of the church. At the foot of the cross, there were two people who remained with Jesus, as we discussed before. The beloved disciple, John, and Mary, Jesus' mother. When we look back at that scene in the road to Calvary and all those who promised to stick by our Lord's side only to abandon him, his mother stood with him through it all. Mary was given John as her son from Jesus, and John was told that she was her mother. As it says in John 19, 26-27, When Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple who he loved standing nearby, he said, Dear woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, here is your mother. From that time on, the disciple took her into his home. Certainly, Jesus initiated the profound relationship between Mary and John as a model for us to have the Immaculata, Mary, our Blessed Mother. She desires to guide, protect, and be with us each day. She is the one who knew her son Jesus better than anyone else and was able to give us the miracle through Juan Diego that we talked about Our Lady of Guadalupe as she intercedes for us and connects us to the very heart of Christ. It is a truly special and remarkable thing to see Mary's infusion and blessings in my own life. My personal experiences of prayer and dedication to the Blessed Mother have grown exponentially since I was that young boy watching my great-grandmother pray the rosary on that picnic bench. After being the recipient of different miracles, I've seen it happen in my own life, and I can attest to and understand the miracle of Juan Diego and Our Lady of Guadalupe for those in the Americas. Along with praying the rosary daily, I continue to wear the scapula given by Mary to St. Simon Stock in 1251 after she appeared to him and promised whoever wears the brown scapula will be spared of eternal fire. It was a long trip out to Buffalo from Albany, New York on a cold December 18th Sunday, a week before Christmas. I was set to pick up my best friend from Syracuse for the Bills versus Browns game. As I often did on many car trips, I took out my rosary that I had gotten at the Vatican and started to pray for family and friends. Three decades or sets of beads into the rosary, the weather had turned from rain and 43 degrees to freezing and ice in a matter of just seconds. My small sedan traveling at 65 miles per hour on the throughway hit a patch of black ice and my car began to slide directly toward the tractor trailer right next to me. In a matter of seconds, I would be totally underneath the 18-wheeler. My life could be over. I yanked the wheel to the left to avoid being crushed by the big rig, and what happened next was something I never experienced. In a matter of less than 10 seconds, which seemed to last an eternity, my car did two complete 360s and flipped two and a half times upside down rolling across the highway, only to be stopped by a massive snowbank, which kept me from rolling into oncoming traffic. One thought went through my mind as this all transpired, and this was, Lord, if I don't survive, please let my wife and my family know I love them. When the whirlwind of the event ceased, 
I was hanging upside down and knew I was conscious, but didn't know how badly hurt I was or if the car was on fire. The roof was completely smashed in, the windows destroyed. All the doors were smashed except the rear passenger side exit. I knew I had to get out. When I crawled out of the car with a rosary in my hand, it was as if God had placed an angel there. And at that moment, as a state trooper said, I watched that whole crash and I cannot believe you don't have a scratch in your body, not to mention that you were alive. All I could say was, me either, except I had some protection. And I showed her my rosary. An event like that, where you experience supernatural grace and protection, divine assurance and Mary's intercession will radically shake up your world. This was the most profound physical experience on top of being saved by the Blessed Mother's grace while scuba diving in a lake and getting stuck under a dock with no light and no more oxygen in a tank, praying for healing of numerous sick members of my family. Cancer leaving and healing ensued, a baby to be born with no arms and legs and severe complications was completely healthy. There are so many examples of praying and asking for the intercession of our Blessed Mother in my own life and in the lives of others that has been transformative. So why does Mary care so much for us? It's because as our mother, she wants us to be filled with joy and to be united with Jesus. She knows that in this world, only one thing will make us fulfilled, and that's a relationship and love of her son. God gave that son to her, and now she wants to give us to him. So my prayer is that the Blessed Virgin Mary can continue to guide us, that her light and her immaculate grace will shine upon us, and that we can trust in the Lord, that his plan for our life will be unfolded, and that we ask for the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary, that she can unite us with the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Remember, O Most Gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to your protection, implored your help, or sought your intercession, was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto you, Virgin of Virgins, my mother, to who do I come before you? I stand sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in your mercy, hear and answer me. In Mexico City, I've had a lot of opportunities to go on mission. And on this pilgrimage to Tepeyac Hill, as well as the Basilica, where the Tilma and the whole miraculous event took place in Mexico City, has been amazing to serve the poor. When we encounter Christ and the poor, we embrace our own poverty. We're filled with great love. We're able to allow the love of Christ to flow from us to those we meet. It's not enough to simply take a stand on the issue. We must stand with others in the issue. And that is what I think Jesus is asking us to do. It's what his mother is asking us to do. Human to human, life to life, a personal encounter cannot be replicated. The depths of the human heart and connection with people is what life is about. It is in Matthew 25, 40, who says, Whatever you do for the least of my people, you do it unto me. So when we think about Mary appearing to Juan Diego, that poor peasant, why she chose him. Because it's a great example in our own life, no matter where we are along this journey, no matter who we have come into contact with, what we have done, God has a great plan in store for us, and that there is every bit of potential that still relies within us. We just have to allow God to transform our lives through his love and allow him to guide us through the helping hand of his blessed mother, our mother, the mother of the church. Having the opportunity to go and to spend time with the poor after learning of this miraculous event and our Lady of Guadalupe and her significance in this area in Mexico City was truly special. 
See, when I was able to go and to serve on the street, the poor, to go to the city dump and to see Christ radically changing the lives of others to bring a new hope to people through an encounter, this just spoke volumes to me. These intense experiences is what continues to keep me going back to places no one else might want to go. However, these are the most attractive places because people understand that there is hope, they have faith, and that they've received Christ's love and are able to shine it forth and bring it to the foot of others. But this can take place in any particular area that we are. You don't have to go thousands of miles away on mission to understand that faith is being lived out in an impactful manner and that Mary is continuing to have an impact on our lives. We just have to have our eyes open to it. Mexico City is a special place for me, particularly for many reasons. Experiencing the beautiful people in the most economically challenged places in the world has touched my life in a profound way. I remember getting my invitation from a friend to join a group on mission. When I learned of this group, Hope of the Poor, which served the people on the streets of Mexico City in the dump, I was touched. Going there and showing up was another story. So many people were supporters of my first mission, and I'm very grateful for them. But my hope is that after you have heard of this amazing event, the story of Juan Diego and Our Lady of Guadalupe, and understand the magnitude of this feast day and how it's transformed the lives of millions of people then and still to this day, that you will understand that we're all on this mission. We're on a mission to the heart and the foot of the cross of Jesus Christ. It's important for us to realize and conceptualize that each of us has gone through different things in our own life. But that through this journey, God shows up in a big way. He showed up in a magnificent way by sending the Blessed Mother to Juan Diego on that hill, Tepeyac, which transformed so many and converted millions to be followers of Christ, to go from heathenism and atrocity to great beauty, purity, and faith. Now I understand. Now it makes sense to me why we pray the rosary. Now it makes sense to me why we have devotion to the Blessed Mother, Our Lady of Guadalupe, the one who came to a poor peasant man, Juan Diego, still comes to us each day. We remain open, leave our hearts open, and we continue to allow her to intercede in our lives, to take our prayers up to the Lord, because she knows her son better than anyone. So allow her to help us to know him like she knew him in that profound way. And when you think about the devotion of those in the Americas, Central America, South America, and also those in Mexico and parts of North America, it's really beautiful to see their devotion to Our Lady. People doing the knee crawl outside the basilica, going for half of a mile on their knees, knee by knee, inch by inch, until they get to that tilma and they're able to lay some roses as a foot of the Blessed Mother to intercede for whatever they might have that's in their heart. And this is something that I encourage you to be open to. If you do not know the love of Mary for you and for the church, I encourage you to learn more about it, to reflect upon it, and to understand that Christ's mother has a significant role on salvation history. She also wants to play an important role and part in your life and in my life, because after all, she loves her children, the church on earth, and wants to unite us closer to her son, Jesus Christ, so we are filled with more peace, love, and transformative power so we can go out and spread the good news to all the world. So on this feast day of Our Lady of Guadalupe, 
I encourage you to continue to have a devotion to our Blessed Mother. Ask her for the intercessions of your life. Ask her to aid you, to come to your protection, and to lift up your prayers to her son Jesus because she cares about you deeply, and her son loves you above all things. So let us pray. O Blessed Virgin Mary, my mother and the mother of Jesus, consecrate me to you. Holy Spirit living in Mary, live in our hearts. Grant us your most pure heart, O Mother, and keep us in your heart, that we might be connected to your Son. Sanctify us and help us to die to self, offering up our life to you. Bring us to holiness in body, mind, and spirit, so that we can be connected and given the sacred heart of Jesus. O Mother of God, lead us ever closer to your Son, through your divine intercession, and protect us. Guide us and show us the way to the Lord this day, so we can do all things to build up the kingdom and lead others to Christ. Give us the strength, the words, the thoughts, and the actions of eternal life, that we can live out our baptismal call and become a saint for your church. Amen. This podcast was brought to you by EF3. Make sure to visit ef3life.com to gain access to books, resources, and more episodes of this podcast to further grow in the areas of education, faith, fitness, and finance. Be sure to continue to follow us on social media at EF3Life and share this podcast with others. Thanks for listening, everyone. Stay blessed and keep walking by faith as we journey together to build up the kingdom. I'm your host, Dan Jason. Have a great day, everybody. and keep pursuing life to the fullest.